0: You're listening to Unbridled, a podcast for equestrians by equestrians. We will be discussing
1: topics ranging from equine health care, backyard horse keeping, to reaching your show goals. Your hosts are Lynn, Jennifer, and Andrea. We are professional amateurs
2: just like you that struggle to find time to ride while balancing jobs and family. Hi, my name is Andrea. I'm 31 years old. I'm a full-time realtor, and I own a boarding facility. I've been riding since I was five. I took a break when I was in high school, and I started riding again when I was 18. I did hunters, jumpers, and a little bit of eventing until I had an injury that prevented me from jumping anymore, at which time I found dressage. I've been working on doing dressage for the last about three years consistently.
1: Hello my name is Jennifer. I'm 40 years old. I'm a high school art teacher at an alternative program. I have been writing since I was six years old. I currently am doing jumpers and have in the past done dressage and eventing.
0: Hi this is Lynn. I'm a 56 year old adult amateur writer. I've been writing since I was five but took a break and started again at 18. I am an animal science major with an emphasis in equine science and a master's in special education. Currently, I'm a high school special education teacher, and I ride dressage.
2: Okay, so we are trying something new right now. We are not sitting together as normal, stuffing our faces with pizza. Um, but we are in separate houses because we are doing our part by social distancing Jen and Lynn, say hello to everybody. Hi, everyone. So we're pretty lucky in that all of us actually have most, if not all, of our horses on our property at home. So we're currently quarantined with our animals, which has made our quarantine much more bearable. Lynn, tell us a little bit about what you've been doing with your horses while you've been trapped on the inside.
0: So, during my spring break, I went to my regular lesson, and that ended up being my last one. The barn that I ride at allows no more haulings, and so I am now on my own with both my horses, and with many shows being canceled, I'm actually doing a lot of work with them also because I'm a teacher I'm working now from home and I'm actually getting a lot of ride time in more than I normally do at this time of the year the only problem is unless I talk to my friends which is mostly Andrea and Jen um, is trying to stay focused you know and you're kind of out there on your own
2: yeah completely I mean I know we have kind of the three of us are on a group text which I would encourage anybody that is doing what we're doing and trying to go at it by yourself um, at home to find accountability partners because there's been days that I see the pictures of both Jen and Lynn riding and I'm like, crap, I should probably go down and do that because working another two hours versus getting to ride my horse before it gets dark, I'll work when it's dark for you know and, and enjoy the sunshine with my horse because a lot of people don't get that, so... Uh, it's nice to have accountability partners to make sure that you're actually getting out there and riding your horse, not just looking at them from your bedroom window. <laughs> Jen, what have you been doing?
1: So, uh, the last time we had actually chatted, Lily was at a barn. I had since brought her home since the, it was before the whole COVID-19 started, um, just brought her home because it was starting to get nice out. I can ride in my arena outside. So I have been pretty dedicated to riding her, um, trying to get her flat work uh, better and then restarting her jumping uh, again because we just had started, she started get really fast and I said we need to start at the beginning again. So we restarted um, doing jumps. I've put Elliot on the back burner at the moment. He, unfortunately, has come up lame uh, again. He's the one that had multiple surgeries on both hind pastures. I'm a little worried about him. I've been doing more Prevacox with him and hoping that I can um, bring him back after
0: this.
2: So with the nice weather, I mean, it's really a good time to turn everybody out for a long period of time or are you just kind of having elliot cruise around the field and just live life as a horse and see where he comes back
1: uh pretty much what i'm doing i'll get him out once maybe twice a week um just do some very basic flat work walk trot canner i'm not asking any lateral movements anymore yeah um not jumping anymore i'm just doing really basic maybe 10 minutes worth of work just to get him out and that's it um he's just not his normal self yeah he's grumpy i'm really worried about him he's really sort of reverted back to he was doing so well yeah really well
2: might be in some pain
1: yeah
2: well so we all have a differing setup at our house um lynn keeps her two girls at home how many horses do you have at your place jen 11. Okay so you have 11 and I have four at my house and then I also have a boarding facility where we currently have I think we're at 20 or 21 right now. Um, So this kind of goes into the next question which if your state is under a shelter in place like ours is we're in Colorado um, you've probably been seeing some pretty contentious posts on Facebook or social media about Barn owners' decisions to keep their barn open or close their barn. We've all done a varying degree of the combo. Lynn doesn't have borders, um, so she just is just continuing to ride like normal. I don't have any borders at my house, so it's business as usual. I have the wonderful... Uh, girl that comes to take care of my horses is still coming. um, As long as she feels healthy and safe, she's still coming to take care of them. And then at my boarding facility, we've made the call to stay open. However, we're requiring every boarder to book a appointment on a software called Calendly. I think I'm saying that correctly. And then that way they have the entire facility to themselves for an hour and a half. And then our barn manager is going after them and um, basically sanitizing anywhere that a boarder's been. Um, we're asking boarders to use that extremely uh, conservatively. Please don't come every single day so that it doesn't create a bunch of extra work. But it still enables people to come and see their horses because we are a, a um, facility with a therapy component to it so we're trying to keep that piece open because we we really want to make sure everyone's doing well both physically and mentally but there's other barns like Jen's who she feels very comfortable um, shutting her barn and believes that it's safe. Jen can you speak a little to kind of why you made your decision?
1: It was a really hard decision um, but the way it has gone... First of all, the majority of my horses that I have at my boarding facility at my house are retired, for one. So they don't need to be ridden. Um, I basically take care of them at beck and call all the time as it is. And most of the owners truly only come out once every couple weeks, once a month, if that. um, I only have a couple that come out more often. But I made the hard decision to close my barn except for... The two people that come and help because I'm an asthmatic and I do the main care for the horses. And if I get sick, I don't have a backup. I yeah. don't know anybody around me that can take care of the horses the way they need to be taken care of since they are retired. Yeah. I'm very, very fortunate. Um, all of my boarders completely understood and have been very supportive through this whole process
2: yeah, and I think that's been what we've been seeing a lot on social media is just backlash whatever way anybody's going. So um, luckily we haven't received too many complaints about our staying open because our borders are understanding why we're doing it and under what parameters. And we've also been extremely clear if if we do need to shut our doors to the public, we will do that. We have no, you know, we, we have no intention of doing it, but if it comes down to needing to do that or we're ordered to do that, uh, we will absolutely do that. And so I think this has been a really interesting time in the horse world because a lot of people in the horse industry aren't able to continue work as normal. We have our shows canceled. Oh, go ahead. It's
1: very hard because I even talked to another barn owner and she's having to close it to people that want to ride because their insurance company is not going to cover them if somebody gets hurt or sick. So basically they're only allowed to come out, visit and say hi to their horses, but they're not allowed to actually ride their horses because their insurance won't even cover them. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And that's a, a extremely valid point is to double check what the coverage is. I mean, this is just, it's an unprecedented time. We don't have a lot of pandemic plans um which is definitely something that as a facility owner and just as a horse owner in general it's really made me reevaluate how we do things and how we have our labor stacked and you know we're trying to protect first and foremost the horses but then our labor because if our labor just like you were saying becomes sick uh we are not able to do what we need to be doing for the horses and it's such a a squish crunch time. Like it's not like you can go and just find another barn manager or find more labor. It's kind of impossible right now. So protecting our frontline people and sometimes that means making the call of no, you can't come. We've um, requested that boarders screen themselves if they're feeling sick at all not to come and then We've also been, this has been a fun tool that I would encourage other barn owners that board to do is Facebook Lives. Um, We've been trying to do a Facebook Live every day just so that boarders, whether they're working from home or working from an office or not working at all um, or even sick. Uh, We've had a boarder that just has a compromised immune system and doesn't feel comfortable coming, but she can still be able to see her horse in real time and know that, they're out playing around in the sunshine, they're having lunch or they're half the time, ours are all laying down sleeping. Um, so it's not like an exciting Facebook live video, but trying to think of ways to take barn ownership viral, which has been really an interesting challenge. Yeah, I, I
1: agree. Yeah, I just yesterday sent pictures to all my boarders of every single one of their horses and showing them, hey, you guys are doing great. They're eating well. You know, everything's going well with your guys. Don't worry if you have questions. Just give me a call. Yeah. So, yeah, trying to um, do what we can. Yeah. To make it livable for everybody.
2: Exactly. I think the big takeaway that I'm learning in all of this is just for more patience. Um, and that's something that, like, We are extremely lucky because we have amazing boarders and nobody has had anything negative to say about any decision we've made. But we've seen and heard some things with some other facilities. And I think the number one thing is whatever your barn owner decides and you board there, you need to be supportive of. And if you can't be supportive, you need to find a different boarding situation because everybody has different reasons for doing What they're doing, Jen's, is a health issue. She can't get sick. Ours is we're trying to find a happy medium so that we can continue to care for the mental health component side of things. And we're trying to make sure we don't have a bunch of people in and out. And then my home barn, I mean, I'm not leaving or going anywhere with my horses because I'm also asthmatic. I'm not going down to my boarding facility either because I can't be around people. Um... So I think whatever it is, I mean, wherever you are, you've made the decision to be at that facility because you trust them. And so you have to trust the decision they've made in this moment and support it because it becomes extremely hard as somebody in charge if you're running a ship that people are not sailing alongside you.
1: I, I completely concur with you.
2: And then Lynn, we'll just kidnap your horses and bring them over to my house so that I can have (laughs) Sheila.
0: Oh, Sheila. Yeah, I think they're getting tired of me being home. They're like, "Uh, can we have a day off? Can we have a break? (laughs) I think the hardest thing about all of this is the unknown. Like, nobody knows anything. We don't know when it's going to end. We don't know if we're at the beginning of it or at the end of it or what the deal is.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, so, would, I would agree.
0: You know, and, like, planning for show season is really hard. And, you know, when do we get to go back and have lessons again? Um, like, it's, it's not an easy – it's such uncharted territory. You can't plan anything.
2: Well, and to touch on show season, so in our current state of Colorado right now, uh, we know that Dressage for the Cure has been canceled. Um, which is our very first kind of big dressage show here in the Denver metro area and then do we know anything about the hunter jumper shows
1: they are doing an online show right now the quarantine classic or something along that line okay and you actually will set up a course at home you jump that course you send in the video and money and they will evaluate the course, um, that you've done all the proceeds then end up going to, you know, instructors and people that are out of jobs at the moment that live on that type of money. So they're, you know, they're doing really, that's very cool things now. Um, unfortunately our actual show season doesn't look very promising at the moment.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think from a planning perspective, um, Just thinking, yeah, thinking that anything in May is a total loss. Um, And then just in my mind, I'm mentally shooting for June and then recognizing that maybe it will end up being July because I am going at this without a trainer. Um, I'm very fortunate because uh, my best friend is here so I'm able to have her put me on the lunge line. She put me on the lunge line yesterday and made me ride with no hands. So we're kind of getting back to more of the fundamental riding basics and less of the practicing the movements within the test. Um, so I, I'll be interested to see how how I come out of this. <laughs> um, but in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, late June, early July is probably when our show season will truly start.
1: Yeah.
2: Okay, so with the current COVID-19 quarantine situation, what are you doing to take advantage of what tools we have virtually to make sure we continue with our training, our riding, and making sure none of us gain the quarantine 15? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Go ahead, Jen. Um, at this? moment in time I haven't really actually sat down and thought about virtually what I'm going to start doing I don't know if I video myself and maybe send it off to a couple people you know to just sort of help me out um I haven't really thought about that right now I'm just trying to
0: survive
1: (laughs) at the moment um one because you know, I'm a teacher, and getting back to school, we're doing the whole online, trying to get everything together. So that's been my huge focus, and really just getting out and writing a little bit here and there um, has just been great to get my mind off of all the chaos that at this moment is how ha- is happening in my life.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's why we do this sport.
0: Lynn, how about you? So... <laughs> um i am working out every morning at home and am quite enjoying it there's been a bunch of free online fitness classes and i found a couple people to follow so um, doing that and then usdf has some online learning so i done some of that and got some really good ideas on things to work on with the horses um, I've also contacted Sarah a couple times, you know, to just find out like, what should I be doing? And, but it's also a lot of reflection after every time I ride now, it's, it's a lot of reflection and like, what can I do different tomorrow? What can I do better tomorrow? Um, do I need to change something? Uh even though Sheila's your absolute favorite, she frustrates me the most, and some days I want to just rip her head off. And today <laughs> was one of those days.
1: Yeah. Um, tell
0: us what sort of happened today that made you so frustrated. So she always like she she never spooks. The horse does not spook. no. But if she sees something interesting, those ears go forward, and she just grabs hold of the bit and says, "I'm not putting my head anywhere you want it to go," and she'll just go around like like a dinosaur. So I like we kept going past the same thing and we rode for an hour and a half for her to finally try and relax. And it's not that she's spooking. She just like focuses in on something and can't let go of it because she's not exactly the sharpest tool in the shed sometimes. So um, I did want to rip her head off uh, many times. I like yelled and screamed at her in the arena, which I'm sure does no good. And it's so funny, because when you're done with her, when I jumped off to, like, um, I have a community arena and had to lock the gate, she just, like, nuzzles me and smells me, and she's so happy to just breathe, you know?
2: Yeah. Yeah, she definitely, she does not hold anything against you, which I think is, I really do think it's a characteristic of most paint horses, they're happy right. to please, and they, they're they just happy to be alive. Um, if I were to do that at Louie, he probably wouldn't speak to me for three days um, and or try to run me over. Um, but it's, you know, I think it's hard, too, when you're by yourself because there's, those are those moments where having an extra set of eyes to be like, hey, maybe try this. Or don't worry, like, don't get mad, just, you know, let let's redirect um and that's what i find to be the most difficult with being at home alone just kind of left to your devices
1: yeah i'm sort of at the moment channeling all of my instructors in my head and i'm like okay what would they say now Okay, I need to do this. Yeah. I need to get my left wing. stop holding the left ring. I need to do this now, <laughs> so put your shoulders back, look up, you know, yeah, <laughs> all those different things, and I've just been trying to channel you know what I've been told in the past and what I know my bad habits are,
2: yeah, absolutely. I mean that's that's why that's why we have training so that at the end of the day we can ride without needing a lesson you know the little tips you pick up along the way is the reason we do the sport to and take lessons so that ultimately we become better and we have these different tools in our toolbox
0: so how's your running going Andrea
2: um it's been good um so I've been well we had a couple of really cold days and uh we had a snowstorm in the mix of this uh quarantine, but I have really been enjoying doing some online courses. I've done I did the Amelia Newcomb um first level online kind of like a little master class and that was really cool because that's the level I'll be showing Louis this year. And then I've been watching YouTube videos um because even though I'm showing first level, my horse is way more advanced than that and he has Um, he has third and fourth level movement. So I've been watching her brother, Joseph Newcomb's in hand videos and working with him on half steps. Um, I've been just watching tons of YouTube videos. I've been doing the Noel Floyd online classes, particularly paying attention to the one about rider psychology, because that's my main problem. I'm a pretty rider. I'm effective, but I am scared out of my mind half the time. Um, So I have been doing a lot of online stuff when I'm here by myself, when my husband, who's been working from home quite a bit more than normal, um, when he's here, I really just try to tell myself, like, you need to go down and ride. I get very scared riding alone when I'm not in lessons or when I'm not with friends because I've had so many bad accidents that I'm scared I'll have one and then no one will find me for five or six hours. Um, So... When he's home, I will just get on and I put no pressure on myself. It's like I have a a plan, but if my plan goes sideways and I don't feel safe doing something, then I'll bring it right back to just walking and doing lateral work in the walk, haunches it in shoulder four. Um, so I've been really trying to put very little pressure on myself because also I have that concern in the back of my mind that Um, the hospitals are not a great place to be right now. So just being as safe as possible and then trying to further my education online. And then another cool opportunity, uh, a friend and a fellow barn owner actually sent me the ability to do a ride a test um, and have it filmed and then have it sent to a clinician that we were all supposed to ride with in April and then have her judge it and provide comments and feedback and stuff, all the same as she would in person, but just through video and um, presumably email or phone, but just trying to use the resources I have and then trying to be brave, but smart.
0: This concludes our episode on quarantine and horses. Please follow us on Instagram and Facebook and go ahead and give us a like when you listen to this podcast. We would like to hear how you're surviving quarantine with and without your horse. You can message us on Instagram and Facebook, and maybe we'll talk about it in our next podcast.
2: We hope everyone is staying safe and healthy, and I think in this At least, I don't know, I think I've been on quarantine for about two weeks now. I think you guys are about the same. In this time, we've really understood what it feels like to be a horse on stall rest. And I own a cribber, but at this moment in time, I don't think I am that bored to begin cribbing. But it's getting dangerously close. We are hoping to bring you valuable information from our experiences and creating a platform to share the experiences of others. If you are like us, this will be a great thing to listen to while mucking stalls or grooming your horse. Be sure to subscribe to Unbridled wherever you listen to your podcast so you can get the latest updates. And don't forget to like us on Facebook.